This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season four of the podcast. So this episode is going to be different and I'm excited because we've been sitting on this audio for over a year now and last year when I flew out to Dallas for Rachel's birthday, we were going to record a podcast with, I don't even remember who it was, but they ended up canceling or getting the day wrong and like all these things went wrong and we ended up just like recording in Rachel's bathroom on the floor because there was construction outside and it was just ridiculous. But we had this amazing conversation about soulmates and love and love language. And you'll hear bits and pieces of the recording that we're about to play. Um, But I ended up asking Rachel and we discussed it to not release it because I was fresh out of a breakup and I had just felt like I had been pretty vulnerable about where I was at and shared some things at the time that I just felt wouldn't have been super respectful to share, like coming out of that relationship, but also knowing that it was a really good podcast episode. And, and since recording, you know, that relationship, it's been well over a year since it expired. And a lot of the things that I shared in this recording, I actually ended up getting to talk to my past partner about in person and having some resolution. So we were talking about it and I was like, let's resurface this. And we thought it'd be fun to do like a little self check-in and see where we were over a year ago, what we were saying and see where we're at now and what the journey between (laughs) the two points looks like, Um, which I feel like for me is going to be a pretty big pill to swallow. (laughs) How are you feeling, Rachel? I mean, I just listened to it this morning and I'm very blown away by my wisdom for a second. Well, I was like, I was like, holy (laughs) I know. I was like, wow. All right. Now, if I can walk the walk, walk my talk is the, that's uh, the whole time. What kept coming up for me was like, so easy to say, so easy. Also not so easy to say, like, you know, I'll give myself credit for the work that I have had been in, continue to be in, to have new language and, you know, different perspectives. Um, But yeah, I mean, a year ago, the conversation I was having with you was coming from a place of, you know, me working on my relationship, thinking I was still going to be in it at this point. And um, so, yeah, listening back on it, I, I, I didn't have any cringy moments, if anything, it was like really endearing to listen to the things that were really good about the relationship. It was like nice to just sit in that while also owning the decision that I, that I ultimately made, which was to, to part ways. Um, So yeah, at this point, I mean, I haven't listened to it the whole way through, like there's still 15 minutes. So maybe in the last 15 minutes, I really fuck some shit up. I don't really know, but (laughs) Anytime I've listened back on this one, I laugh because like you said, it's like talking the talk and walking the walk, the practice of it are like completely different. And that's why I 
am excited to jump into this old audio and actually share it with people. Cause again, I think it's really easy sometimes for us and me on the podcast to share this wisdom. And then I don't actually follow through what we're going to see in this um, and like being so strong in my conviction and then just like falling back into old patterns and snapping back. And uh, we've been talking a lot about the nonlinearness of learning and life. And that is why I'm really excited to do this episode because I think it will very beautifully demonstrate as at least from my perspective in my life, the nonlinearness of going through and learning and practicing and making mistakes and fucking shit up and being messy and then getting back on track but coming back stronger all right let's jump in back to january 2020 um okay so psa we're in my bathroom because this is our backup plan to our backup plan to our backup plan of the room we were going to be using i think this entire podcast is just like a backup plan of everything it's cool though okay before we get too far we're going to riff on love because um, it's gonna, it's around Valentine's Day. And um, when it comes to following your true north, love absolutely has something to do with it because we live in a society with other people. And so we don't just live on an island by ourselves. And even if we lived on an island by ourselves, love is still a component worth um, unpacking, whether it's love for the environment around you, that reciprocity like there's so much packed up into it and so um, love for self love for self yeah so I think we just wanted to have a dialogue on that because there's quite a bit that's been going on around love lately in our own lives sure so um yeah what is it okay so when you think about love well first of all let me ask you this do you like valentine's day I don't I'm not, I'm not, because I have a thing with holidays. My favorite holidays are 4th of July and Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Because people get together and they're just there to have fun. I actually don't like Christmas. Mm. I'm such a Grinch. (laughs) But you don't like Elf. I don't like Elf. And my favorite Christmas movie is The Grinch. So I think that says a lot about me. Um, Really? It is. I love The Grinch. It's so... (laughs) So relatable. He's crabby and he's rejected. And then, anyway, uh, rejection. That's another good one. No, it is. Okay. Um, but no, because I feel like there's there's expectations. Like I don't want people to do something for me out of obligation. Mm. I don't want people to buy me presents because they feel obligated to buy me a gift because it's Christmas. I don't want someone to buy me flowers or chocolate or take me to dinner because they feel an obligation because it's Valentine's Day. I want someone to just want to do that. Whenever they feel like doing it, and that's that. Yeah. So, I just, I'll do it. And, like, all the restaurants are crowded. Like, who wants to go to a crowded restaurant when everyone else is trying to be there? Like, no. Yeah. I know, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not, like, a person who remembers anniversaries or is, like, I need something for my anniversary Mm -hmm. or, like, usually celebrates Valentine's Day, but, um... I think as I've gotten older, and especially as an, well, I guess we're all, I just feel like everybody is a lot busier. Um, like, finding the time to actually dedicate to two, two people to come together. Like, I do appreciate that there is, like, a moment in time of, like, oh, hey, if you haven't talked to your partner since last year, here's a day <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> you don't need a day for that. 
I know, but I, 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 I agree know. Some people you. might. I agree with but. you. It, this is actually the first year where I was like, Dylan, I want a card. Which usually I hate cards. I just, I feel like when I write a card, then what is written in that card is like written forever. And it's so final. And like, I don't know. And I can't, I don't feel like words properly express what's going on inside of me. And I hate having to like decipher it into symbols. You and I are the opposite. I don't I don't want a card. I'm not a card person, but I want a handwritten letter that's three pages long. Whoa. Confessing your love to me and all the reasons why we're Maybe meant to you be should together. write that to yourself this year. You know, I think I should actually <laughs> Dear Janelle. No, I'm not kidding. You are fantastic. You are lovable. And you have great teeth. Is that what you want your partner to say to you? That and so much more. <laughs> You have great teeth. <laughs> I always will be like, Dylan, tell me something that, like, you really, you know, we've been together for six years. And so I'm like, tell me something that you just, like, love about me. And then he's like, you're one of the most unique, pe- you have a very unique perspective on the world. And then I'm like, okay, no, like, tell me something that's, like, I don't know, like, and then he's like, I love that about you, though. I'm like... <laughs> I mean, yes, but we everybody could say that. Yes. Tell me something else that, like, only you could say. I want details. Like, <laughs> somebody, like if someone's like, you're pretty, I'm I like, like that the seventh hair on your head is yes! straight, but all oh. the rest of them. <laughs> I want to feel seen. <laughs> like, don't just tell me I'm pretty. Be like, you are so, like, okay. Someone I was dating once looked me in the eye and was like, you have such beautiful eyes. I love that they're brown, but it looks like they have speckles of gold in them. Whoa, whoa. And I was like... Was he saying it while staring into your yes, eyes? I wow. almost died. I was like... What was his expression on his face when he said that? I don't know. It was probably like... <laughs> was it... At what point in your dating, in the life cycle of your relationship was it? It wasn't that long because we were never exactly. the official. We were just like two... I think we hung yeah. out for like two months. Honeymoon phase. <laughs> no. The gold speckles are not even It's like when you stare at a bright light, you see black dots. It's just gold, <laughs> it's just gold speckles. They're, they're not even in my oh, eyes. I see that I'm passing out. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, all those. That was a, that was a good time. Um, but I, that's what I mean. Details. I want details. Yeah. I want, like, I'm one of those people, I want a jar of the 100 reasons why you love me, and then I can just pick one up every day and be like, oh, that's cute. Isn't it? Oh, okay. And I grew up, like, my mom. I should do that for Dylan. You should. She would never look at it. I would be the one each morning. Want to read? Here, let's find another one (laughs) that I said. (laughs) That's that's how I do. Okay, I grew up like that because my mom is like that. So Mm. that's how I feel like I was conditioned to love. Like, she's a post-it note person. So all the time growing up. She would stick post-it notes on things. Oh, my gosh. That's so and just, sweet. Like, she, yeah, she'd leave for work, and she'd always leave a post-it note on the table that said, like, I love you. Have a good day. Like, every day. Mm-hmm. So I grew up like that. And then I agree with you, because I've done that before, where I created a book for somebody I was dating, and it was our love story. And I've never wow. created a better gift in my entire life. And I just, like, my love language, not theirs. I don't think they liked it, but I was like, can I actually keep this? <laughs> Yeah, I'm proud of this. Back to 2021. This is this will be a short side note. Did you get to the part with the book yet? Yeah. I just wanted to say, fast forward to July 
2020 when I was moving and leaving on this road trip that book was returned to me and (laughs) and I was getting rid of all of my things and I was like he sent it to you when I moved out of the condo it, he gave it back to me with everything he had ever kept. Oh, yeah. got it. Okay, but when okay. I, but and then I took it and I was like, I was still really proud of that book. But when I was leaving on my road trip, I was like, do I really need to carry around this book of the love story of me and my ex boyfriend? And I ended up throwing it away at that Airbnb. Was it a scrapbook or was it like? No, it was like a bound, like hardcover book. It was Whoa. really expensive. Like I paid a lot of money for that. But I was like, what am I? Gonna- what am I gonna do with this depressing love story? How did he give it back to you? I think was it part of a pile or was it like here you should have <laughs> it was the book and then like a couple like tickets and like concerts and okay. things that we had yeah. done. So there was like more than just that, but they were all shoved into that book. Oh so whenever God. I listen to that, it's like so proud of it. <laughs> and in July, I was like, here you go, recycling receptacle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back to 2020. <laughs> well, I literally don't think I've ever made something that nice. I didn't. I made a handmade card for Dylan maybe last year for his birthday. I was like, what do you want? Because we don't really get each other gifts. Yeah. If anything, we'll like pool our resources together to go on a trip. Yeah, like that's, that's what, what we, we usually do. But um, he was like, I'd like a handmade card. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Because he has friends from art school who send handmade cards. And they're so awesome. And not because... They just have a lot of personality and self-expression in them. And I was just like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And I came up with this card. It's so cool. It was, like, two pieces of paper. And then I put photos underneath it and, like, fold. It was almost like those, you know, like an advent calendar where you open up little flaps. It's kind of like that. That's cool. That's really cool. pretty sweet. That's my dad's the same way, too. So I grew up with two parents. I feel like they – my dad would build, because he's a carpenter by trade, and he would build – like a heart and wood and like write a note for my mom. I mean, like he's not as much words, but he would do something like that or he would take drywall. I remember once he did drywall, made a heart, made like a base out of the drywall, like stuck nails in the heart because why not? And then it said like, I love you, Gail. And like, happy oh. meeting. Yeah. My parents are all about it. So how do you vet that when you're meeting people? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> to work on that. It's incredibly really important know. to me that you. Yeah. <laughs> What's heck? Are you handy? Yeah. Have you ever made someone a heart out of drywall? Do you express your love through <laughs> things that you make or words yes. or? See, I think I like it's yeah, it's a creative. I think I need to start dating creatives because they. Yeah, it's a different ball game, my friend. I know, but I've never done. I've dated sports ball guys uh-huh. <laughs> and engineers. That's okay. Pretty much it. So yeah. no creative. So I don't know. I've yeah. never. Well, you I might as well give it a try. Try and just be like, mm, I don't know though. Yeah. It, um. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should try. See what happens. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So just to like for anyone who listens, I won't get too much into detail, but officially um on the market. <laughs> um. So that's why you'll notice the the conversation is a little bit different on my end as we talk about love, but definitely in a, a period of exploration to figure out what love means to me moving forward yeah yeah it's a cool conversation I think um and on the flip side you know I'm in this relationship we've been in a relationship for six years and there's I I love that we have so many parallel dialogues around how we figure out how to be ourselves 
in and outside of a relationship and that over the last you know six months we've been having really similar conversations because just because you've been with somebody for six years doesn't mean that absolutely nothing is perfect like we're still absolutely figuring stuff out about each other and ourselves Mm -hmm. and in that process of like trying to decide like is is it best for me to stay in this am I going to be able to grow what do I actually want and can I get it from staying or leaving, yes, you can actually get it from either. And what feels true? Like, does it feel true to do the work with this person? Or does it feel true to not? And how do you go through that process without making the other person the bad person so that you can justify your own needs and wants and desires? Um, And so I think it's cool that both of us are kind of working on similar self-work and have had questions of like, you know, am I in the right relationship? Am I not in the right relationship? And, you know, when I checked in with my inner truth, it was that Dylan's still the one, even though it's really difficult and we're figuring out how to communicate and we're figuring out our fighting styles and all the things. um, You know, for me, it was, no, he's still the person to do this work with and that doesn't mean that he's showing up doing all the self-help stuff like he isn't actually into that like he does things in his own way and how can I be honoring of that without losing or dishonoring my the way that I do it and it's it's just complicated it really is yeah we I mean we've talked about this too as far as relationship goes I think sometimes I mean we you and I obviously are in different ages and yeah. stages in our lives I think in that way and for me one of the things that I had to ask myself is I've been in a relationship pretty much my entire adult life uh-huh. so when I went to college I was single for a year when I was 18 dated someone I think I was single for like five months dated someone for four years I was single for four months dated someone for almost four years and when we talk about it like a lot of the self like, quote-unquote, self-help or explorations that we're doing, I think sometimes you just need a period of being selfish because that's kind of where I landed. I think it's hard when you don't know exactly what you want and you're like, hey, just be here for the ride and hopefully it's worth your time. Um, And, I mean, I think, like, relationships are like that, but sometimes, for me at least, it was trying to figure out Like, am I actually wasting this person's time and my time? Or are we going to grow in the same direction? And, I mean, you never really know. But I think just sometimes I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I want to be able to really focus on me. And we'll probably talk about it. But, like, definitely self-love, too. Because that's something for me that I think I've... I've always been very confident and I believe in myself, but I think I have really deep wounds from when I was younger that like the quietest little voice inside of me is like, you're not lovable. And I need to squash that. (laughs) There's so much I want to say about all of that. Um, But I think, I mean, all of it's so normal and Mm -hmm. it it is like, just because you know how to self-love doesn't mean that that's the like the the font it doesn't mean that that's the constant that's mm-hmm. the word I was looking for so like that's something that as humans we I believe that we have 
all of it. We have the inner critic. We have a shadow. We have the little voice that, you know, it seems really sweet and then says this little quiet thing and you're like, you shouldn't be hurting. It shouldn't hurt that bad. You know, like we yeah. all have all of that. And every day we can, you know, we choose, there's an invitation to choose what we want to lean into and what we want to practice. And self-love is a practice. Like it's not mm-hmm. a get and done. I mean, I too, when I think when I was in Milwaukee, I, Dylan and I were struggling because I was working at a childhood cancer nonprofit and it was opening up like a lot of old wounds for me. And so I was a nightmare. I was <laughs> a fucking nightmare. And, um, I was ex- experiencing like all of this, like somatic, like physical stuff. Anyways, I was just like, I know I wasn't like a very great partner. Um, and at one point in the relationship, I, I would like leave because I knew that I didn't like how I was expressing my discomfort with my emotions towards my partner. And so I would go sit in the car and I would just like cry. And one time I called my brother and he was just like, do you love yourself? And then I was just like, your brother is the best. Like, <laughs> you, I was like no other brother out there, I swear. <laughs> I mean, he said a lot of other things too, but then that, I remember I, it yeah. stopped me in my tracks and I was just like, I like, from an intellectual standpoint, like, duh, I don't, Mm -hmm. like, I love myself, uh, duh, (laughs) but I didn't really know what it felt like to love Mm -hmm. myself, and then he held space for me to just, like, I felt what it felt like in that moment to physically in my body, I invited myself, like, what is, what would it feel like if I love myself, and I, I see visualization, so I saw a visual, I felt something different, and, um, and I have to work all all the time on checking in with myself especially when things get tough well no actually I'm recognizing especially when things are good because when things are really good that's really when I stop thinking about myself because then I'm like it's really good I just want it to be this way and um and so I still have to check in and be like okay what do you need right now and um what do you want today and how do you how do I take care of myself so that I can actually show up for the relationship when it's tough and when it's great I don't know rabbit hole I'm kind of going off on a tangent but um yeah the self-love thing I think can be a really tricky um phrase because I think it's just gotten like bastardized so much Mm -hmm. that no one actually people agree with it but no one actually knows what that means for that I don't think I know what it means yeah I um I was doing a lot of thinking and I went on a really long walk by myself I think I told you about this and it was like two hours I was on the beach luckily in this area there's no one else around and I was talking out loud to myself like (laughs) I I swear if anyone saw me there (laughs) she was like talking for two hours out loud to herself um, but something when I was having that conversation with myself, I think it was interesting because I was looking at all my relationships and doing a lot of reflection on like, well, where am I at? How, like, what am I feeling? I think I've been suppressing a lot of emotions too. So just like getting, getting real with myself. And one of the things around self-love that came up for me is I feel like because of that little voice, um, I think in many ways I've used relationships as like evidence to myself that I'm lovable. Mm -hmm. And because I've always, I don't know. And like, I also think I'm really go with the flow when it comes to dating where I'm just hanging out and then I meet someone and if they're a good person, 
I'm just like, cool, you're a good person, you're interesting, you're fun, you have good qualities, and you like me, so let's just hang out. And then all of a sudden I'm in a relationship and I'm just like going with the flow and all of a sudden uh, it's been four years and I'm like, oh, she probably like look up and check it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> back to 2021. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I needed to just acknowledge that every step of the way I have thought that I knew, I thought that I knew, I thought that I was loving myself and looking back in hindsight, like I can see that still, even when I thought that I was loving myself, there was a lot of things that I still was unwilling to look at. And I, from this vantage point, um, I can see that basically I, I, I still have a lot of work. I still am, I, I'm still in it. Like I'm learning that it, you know, part of it was that feeling that I got the sensation in my body. Part of it was like understanding the intellectual concept of it, but um, to really have self-compassion for myself, to really face like the nasty stuff that I've really squished down is not something that I, I was doing it. It's just, I don't know. I guess, I guess I listening back on it, like you can't have it all figured out in one go. And so, you know, I was, at first I was just like, oh my gosh, she doesn't even know what she's talking about. But then it was like, no, she did. Like that version of me did like she knew better than she had and now I know more than I did and if I knew it all at once it would be a lot it would be like a shock to the system maybe and so yeah I don't there's not really much of a point except that it's so funny how how convicted um I sound and I was and now looking back on it I'm like oh my gosh I know so much more about self-love now than I did then. And and now I would say I'm actually more in a place of like, I am in the practice of it because there's, there is a deep well that I haven't even started to like tap the bottom of, like, there's so much more that I can love about myself. And I know that every single one of my relationships has been impacted by that. Um, not in the best way. And to have even self-love for that fact is something that I'm also working on. So yeah, oh, kind of interesting. I, um, I had mentioned wanting to date creatives and the, uh, so you had mentioned you're single right now. So maybe just backtracking a little bit um, since we recorded this and we'll get into it, but I ended up dating someone for a little bit of a time, being single for eight months, dating someone for four months. And now like right around the same time a year later, <laughs> another expiration of a relationship early January single again. Um, but when I said dating creatives, the funny thing about that, and I think that a lot of people do this is this year I ended up being the creative. Like I said, I wanted to date creatives, but what I think I really meant is I wanted to be more creative. And so therefore I was, and I gave myself the opportunity to do these creative projects and to go after these creative pursuits. And in my most recent relationship, 
I was the creative one that inspired him to retap into his creativity. So I didn't date a creative, but I became a creative. So that came up. Um, and I've done that in the past. I, I don't even know if we talk about it at some point in this recording, but I've like dated people because they were adventurous or like hung out with people because they were adventurous. And I was drawn to that, but really I was drawn to that quality in myself that I wanted to tap into and being around them helped me tap into it in, like on my own or well, not on my own, but in myself. Um, so that was kind of funny to listen to. I love that. I, I, I think too, there's something I, there's some quote that I like journaled that I made up. Um, so it's not a quote. It's something that I just journaled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be a quote. Boom. No, I'm not going to be able to say it. I'm going to forget, but it was like, be mindful of like pay, basically pay attention to the type of person that I think I want to be with so bad because I'm basically holding those traits hostage in the other person versus recognizing that I am wanting to be with somebody like that because I want to have those qualities in my life, which means either, again, I'm held hostage to somebody else who I believe owns them really well. And now my life either has it or doesn't based on me being around them. Or I can, like you said, like turn inward and cultivate those qualities within myself, which probably are untapped qualities that I'm just like wanting to experience for myself. And then I'm not pigeonholed to needing to have a person be a certain way in order for me to feel like I am in the type, you know, whatever. So. Sure. What also came up for me and I mentioned like being in a relationship versus being alone and getting that period of time to be selfish and not knowing exactly what you want. And all of those things are still here. So shortly after we recorded this, I ended up meeting someone and I don't think I've actually shared this on the podcast at all. And I told him like upfront that I didn't want to date him because I wanted to focus on me and I was all, you know, in my worth, whatever. (laughs) And then I ended up dating him and it just like was this big slippery slope. It was only about a month, but it was basically me running into the fire, getting burned really bad, getting like triggered, having all of this old stuff come up that I hadn't processed before. And I mean, just like that ended up being a catalyst for me to really look inward and basically burn everything down in 2020 to figure out who I wanted to be, what I wanted my next year of life to look like. I feel like I flipped over every single stone and was like, anything you believe, I want to reanalyze it. I want to make sure I still want to believe that I want to be a choice. Like it was (laughs) just this whole thing. Um, but it's, you know, it's, funny because again, like the conviction that you can hear yourself say, like, I knew that I needed that time to be selfish, to be alone. I said it on the podcast and yet my default, my old habit was to jump into a relationship. And that's exactly what I did. I just jumped back into a relationship and I allowed myself to get really burned by it to learn like a deeper level um, of that experience. And that actually pushed me into starting therapy. Like it pushed me into so many good things even though the situation itself was actually really painful. And I, when we go into self-love, like I had a lot of 
hatred towards myself from it because I was shaming myself. And I was like, you knew better. You knew that's not what you wanted. Like you knew he was wrong for you. And yet you like kept running into the fire and like, you're here because you did this to yourself. Um, and all of that, that negative self-talk, but it's like, I almost needed to go so deep and into such a bad place to really experience it all and start to heal from it. And not to say I'll never go back to that bad place again, but the amount of learning, like back in November, even I did an exercise with someone about like what I was grateful for. And I always talk about that guy that I dated in February, because even though he was not the greatest (laughs) ultimately, and I mean, I wasn't showing up as my best self either. So we co-created that space, but, um, I am like so grateful that he came into my life because like those were some really, really hard lessons that I needed to learn. And I'll add the, the not knowing exactly where, like what I want in life. I still feel like now I'm in the process of rebuilding and I've like said, burnt it all down and I am reestablishing what I want. But in the relationship after that, that was one of the biggest rubs is just like, it's hard to be in a relationship when you're trying to rebuild your life and you don't know what you want. And how does someone partner with you in that when you're making really big decisions and you want to make them for yourself and you want to be selfish, but then you have this person that you really care about in the picture and you're trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, So I know it's something I'm still in process of learning. And since that relationship expired and I've been out on the road on my own again it's like I am so grateful again for those lessons that I learned and even though I'm sad I had a moment in my car like two days ago where I'm like I'm so fucking happy that I'm here and I'm so happy I'm out on the road by myself and like these are the things that I knew I needed and again it's like these little detours and and learning and again I don't regret any of those because I think I learned any of those relationships I learned so much from them And I think they were like a great part of my process, but then to like sort of course correct again and be back on this journey of rebuilding my life for me on my own, which I said a year ago I needed to do. Um, It's just kind of funny how we take these detours, we learn these lessons and, and we meet people along the way. But like, ultimately I feel like the universe, God, whatever it is, like pushing me back (laughs) to my path of really standing in my my own worth and like giving me the space to like and giving me exactly what I wanted, which was the space to rebuild my life for me, even though it's come with a lot of hard lessons and sadness and darkness and depression and anxiety and all of the things. Uh, I mean, I can relate to the idea that I think I have looked at relationships very black and white and when I have been able to make it black and white and point the finger at other people, then I don't have to deal with my own shit. And when it's a gray area, it's, there's a lot more accountability that shows up. And I'd say I'm proud of myself in, um, in the relationship that I, um, am no longer in, um, for that. It's the first relationship where I really, I held both of us very capable and with a lot of respect. And 
um, that's not how I've always handled things. I would say even in, when we were in the relationship, it was more of a tendency for me to want to find the, his faults so that I didn't have to face my stuff. Um, not, not to say that I wasn't, but I also was, I was doing both and, um, and, and, and the recognition that a relationship can be not right for you. It can even be, you know, wrong or bad and still have gifts is like a very, um, layered perspective. Like there's a lot more to play with there than if it's just like, the door gets slammed shut, locked three times and dead bolted five, and then you never get to examine it. So I think it's a really cool call out. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say was, can we not call to <laughs> call it selfish? Cause I think that's totally inaccurate. And I get why it's an easy thing to say. I'm trying to change my own vocabulary as well. Um, but I, the perspective that I've really enjoyed lately is the idea of like, when I am taking care of myself, like the, the world benefits by experiencing the best version of me. And, um, and then I have a friend who said like, what do two halves of a person equal? And I was like, I don't fucking know what. <laughs> and he said a quarter of a person. So one half times one half is one quarter. And so if two people aren't taking the time to love themselves, save themselves, um, the whole world actually is worse off because of it. Like they get less of. So I don't know what it is, but I want to remove the idea that choosing self and being there for self and listening to self and speaking for self is selfish. Um, cause I do think it actually benefits everyone for, I, it has benefited everyone in my life. I, I think, <laughs> I guess it'll be an experiment to find out this year, but I do think that when I am taking care of myself, I'm a much bigger contributor to the people around me. I think that's a great call out. And I think in my life too, that's been very true. I also think it's interesting, but I, I call attention to the thought of being unlovable. And we've had a lot of conversations in 2020 on the podcast about what we tie our worth to. And I didn't have the language or probably the, the level of awareness that I was putting so much of my worth into partnership. And that is an area still that I'm exploring, but I will say that I'm really proud of where I've gotten with it. And even having exited relationships and really doing it from a place of like, I am choosing me. And I know that there is something more in, in a better alignment for me and what I want in my life. And that I'm worth giving myself the opportunity to go out and find it. So that is, it's cool to hear that. Cause it's like, I think that was the, the seed was planted around that time in the podcast and the, the growth that's just happened and the depth um, that's happened since then to get to where I am today. And I'm sure it's just going to continue. Also a cool call out that 
to remember that like seeds planted take time to grow. And so, yeah, it's been time. 13 months. That's a long ass time. And it's a short that's amount of time. That's not that long. I know, time. And yeah. It's a short amount of time. But like, it, it, when you think about it now, like we're in a year from now, where am I going to be? I'm very impatient and Dude, I'm working yours, on that. <laughs> yours do not seem so short. Like it's already February. I know. Like I'm like, I, they go by fast for sure. But <laughs> when, like when, you know, that seed is planted and it's the gap, it's the gap that we talk about, but like, I can see myself planting the seed and I could see in the future, this, I don't know, evolved version of myself. And then the year of, again, lessons and pain and whatever, you know, and happiness and joy and what, you know, all the things, but, um, that it's taken to get to this point. That's the journey. It's cool. And it's daunting for someone who's impatient. And I'm like, I I was going to say, I can totally relate because I have, I think that you probably default more towards the like sprinting. Um, but I for sure have, I mean, I'm a product of this world. So (laughs) I think it's a really natural place to fall into of like, okay, I know the thing. Give me the test. I can ace it. Let's go next, 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 next. Yeah, um, exactly. I was like, I got this. Yeah. I know what's up. And then like we've talked about, it. it's like, nope, you got to experience it and you got to learn the hard way. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> think you know what's true. up. Let's yeah. test that. Let's see exactly. if you really know what's up. The universe is like, oh, you think you want to oh, be single really? and stand on your worth? Well, here's this dangling carrot. Right. Yeah. He's cute. He got a job. <laughs> he- we got it out about that. It's like, ooh, carrot. <laughs> Wait, what was I just saying? That's yeah. getting my worth and being single. What? Yeah, totally. Uh, all right. Anything else to add before we jump no, back in? Let's turn back in. What's happening? And I mean, again, like I think I'm good at being in the moment, and that's why too. It's just like every, you know, because I think we're taught in relationships, at least, especially being from the Midwest, that no relationship will be perfect, which I do think is true. Mm-hmm. But then what does it actually look like to be with the one? And I'm quoting yeah. here. Um, and I don't know. I think I was just raised, like, especially in a, a different generation. My parent, I mean, parents went high school. So that was also oh. my modeling. And they've been dating since high school. So they've been together, I don't know, almost 40 years. And it's just like, you know, back then you didn't have as many options. And again, I think my parents love each other for sure. So not to like, um, I don't know, disregard like any of their love. Um, but I think like you just kind of found a person and then you're like, Hey, like, let's do life together. And it's, I don't like, if it feels different now, but at the same time, I think I still kind of have that mentality. Like, Hey, I found a great person. Why wouldn't I just move forward? But then I, like, I don't know if I've done my self work cause I just get stuck. And then I'm like, what, why do I not feel ready for the next thing? And I don't know. So it's interesting. I'm like always battling that narrative of like, this person is great, but then are they great for me? And then what does that, what does great for me even look like? You know, like you can work through any, I mean, you can literally make anything work, but like, where is that divide of it's not actually working and you move, you know, you just break it off or. Yeah. When is not working enough? to warrant a leaving exactly this is like a conversation I have with people all the time and I do like yes there is like so much choice now 
we are raised being like, what do you want? You deserve anything you can Mm -hmm. get. Like, and I will say like, as a female, you know, we don't really have to settle. I mean, Mm -hmm. there is, I mean, men too, like none of us have to, we're given permission and invitation to just like, if get what you want, you can have what you want, like define it, you know, manifest it, like all this shit. And, and yet at the same time, it's like, when does that become so much at an extreme that we miss the point of like, we're not trying to manifest, oh, there's still going to be work. There's always going to be work involved. And so one thing that I think previous generations have done really beautifully, and I'll, my parents, for example, like they are still together and they definitely had their, have their issues to the point where I'm sometimes like, why the hell are you actually still together? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say that, they're like, you need to stop. You actually don't get to make that call. We do. That's totally and fair. then I'm like, wow, I don't necessarily see that level of conviction to continuing to like stick with something because something in you is saying stick, stay, and keep growing and keep learning. And even though, like, don't just take what happened yesterday as the projection of what will happen always. Like, Mm -hmm. how can you have what you want and get it in the relationship that doesn't seem like it can have what you want? And so it's like, and it's a dance, right? It's like, how do you get clear for yourself? How do you figure out within that clarity who you get to be and then be it? without having to wait for the other person to be anything. Yeah. Own that own that for yourself. Be your be the soulmate that you know that you could be when you meet that quote unquote soulmate. Because most likely you're not acting like the soulmate version of yourself mm-hmm. right now. Because right. you're waiting for the soulmate to show up to yeah. allow you, well I'm only gonna do it when that person shows up this yeah. way. And now it's like, okay, well now you're at the mercy of everybody else. You're, you're a victim for to your circumstance. To quote unquote fix or right. like get you to yeah. do what you want to yeah. be. And and because there is an and, it's like if you truly in your heart of hearts can say, I have, you know, I am being the soulmate version of myself that I know I could be and am if I was with my soulmate and it's still not working. Yeah. You know, okay, that's that's okay. It doesn't have to be that the other person is a shithead or terrible. It's, they are just, now let's be adults. Let's have like a mature conversation about, I, this is who I am. This is what I want. And, um, you know, it's not working anymore. And I love, I like, can you come from a place of love? Back to 2021. (laughs) Um, I just really, like every time I said soulmate, I wanted to throw up. So <laughs> listening back, I was like, wow, no pressure. Just be your soulmate self. <laughs> I was like, stop saying that. Um, I still think the- you, we went into that podcast being like, let's talk about soulmates. Because- oh, we did? Okay. That yeah. makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. I, I will say at this point, like reeling it back, like I don't think you have to try to be- a soulmate version of yourself, but like kind of, you know, do your best. And I think the rest of the idea there still has merit and and sticks in my perspective, but um, maybe remove the expectation that you have to work towards 
being a soulmate version of yourself or finding a soulmate. So just yeah. to say that. Yeah, I like that call. It, you just read the angry therapist's angry therapist new book, and I think he talks about it in the book. I haven't read it yet, but I follow his social, so I think he calls it out. But the idea that a lot of times we'll use the concept of needing to be fully healed or to be the soulmate version of yourself before you can jump into a relationship. But then people will start to use that as a excuse to not try. Cause they're like, well, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. It's like, well, at some point you still have to try. Right. You know? And so I, that's what it reminds me of, of like, play, you know, play ball, like do your work, get to a good place, but also know there's going to be growth in any relationship you have and like be respectful of people's hearts and time and everything, of course, but we're never going to be there. It's funny how I heard it on the flip side is if you're in a relationship and you, I, I'll speak for myself. I felt like I haven't done enough. I haven't done enough. I haven't done enough. I haven't given enough. I haven't tried enough. I haven't Um, And so having the expectation of needing to live up to my soulmate self in order to have clarity on whether or not it's working meant that I was holding both of us hostage potentially. Wow, I'm really using that phrase a lot today. (laughs) What's going on in that one? I'm holding both of us hostage to something that could be better for both of us um, while I wait to become some idealized version of myself, which I really didn't need to get to in order to really have the clarity. So anyways, um, I love that. It's like the two, uh, the two sides and trying to play in the middle. Cool. Jump back in. Yeah. Um, or it is that there's obvious red flags for you and you know it, and you just kind of say like, it doesn't matter who I am. This isn't my person anymore. And I, that my inner wisdom is telling me that, but all of that is like, no one's ever taught that. Mm -mm. I mean, I am luckily, I'm very grateful to be connected to Thrive and my own coaching like cohorts to be able to wrestle with these topics and even like the most, you know, quote unquote, enlightened, wise people are still human and still trying to figure this out because we all still get triggered. We all still have a difficult time in, in the way that we were raised so much of ourselves is a construct that society, like a facade that Mm -hmm. society told us we needed to have. And in order to live in the society, it's like we keep up these facades. And so that all of that is like worth acknowledging. Um, And it stops us from actually being able to listen to what's going on. Yeah. To be able to say like, okay, is this my fear talking? Is this my heart talking? Is this my wisdom talking? Is this, you know, God, universe, whatever talking? Who do I fucking listen to? That's what I don't think I've done enough. And so I think um, I'm the type of person that if I love someone and care about them, I really don't want to disappoint them. That's like Mm. deeply ingrained in me. And I think I've carried that from my relationship with my parents and then I carry it into relationships too where you know it's you it's them it's the relationship and I'll always take care of myself like I'm probably kind of actually somewhat quote-unquote selfish in relationships in that sense but I also never want to like disappoint that person so I think it's it's like that hard balance too of I'm not just listening to myself in a relationship because 
there's someone else, right? So you almost like sometimes suppress your own inner voice because you're like, well, no, it's more than me. It's more than me, which I think is important, but like you can't, I, like my inner voice in relationships specifically, I feel like gets lost because I'm like, nope, like make it work, make it work. But I was going to ask you because I don't know how to do this. How do you vet people when you date? Like oh, how well, do you? I'm not like very good at dating, <laughs> so I don't really know. <laughs> oh, hi, I, I mean, not that you're an I expert, mean, but. I, well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you that, um, we got really loud there. Um, I'll tell you, so when I, so I've been with Dylan for six years, which mm-hmm. means that the last time I was on the market, so to speak, I was like 31, 30, Whew, I'm old. Um, and so back then, similar, I mean, I, I've grown so much into the person that I am and I still have a ton more, you know, growing to do and blah, but I also didn't wasn't so solid with who I am and what I could bring to the table enough to be able to be like, oh, I can be, I mean, I don't want to say like picky, but I guess picky, yeah. where I could go into a bar or go to, I mean, we didn't meet people in fitness classes back then. It was literally <laughs> like you went to a bar. I was also in advertising. Um, but like, it was like, I showed up as me, I have a charismatic personality. People would, the people that were drawn to me, I kind of just like, I let that be my indicator. And if I was like, if there was yeah. enough of an attraction and enough of like a, you're a good person, you go yeah. fun, me, fun, whatever, then I kind of just went with it because I didn't yeah. really, I didn't hold myself in very, it's not that I didn't hold myself in high regard. I just was like, in college, I wasn't like, the prettiest one of my friend group. Like, I was the quirky, goofy, young-looking one. I got along with everybody, but I was never the one that anyone wanted to, like, be with, necessarily. Yeah. At least that's what I told myself. Yeah. Now, in hindsight, looking back, I actually don't think that that was true. Um, and I probably put off an energy of, like, closed-offness when it came to a relationship because I just assumed, like, that was what I was living into. Yeah. So now I think, and I've actually talked about this with someone that we're going to have on the podcast in the future, but um, if I was going to go back out into the dating world, um, I would do a lot more work before I interacted. Like if I, not that, well, I guess I do it every day, but like I would do a lot more work checking in with myself of like, what do I want tonight? What do I need right now? Who do I want to be? What am I looking for? And not trying to overly, like, form, like, form mm-hmm. versus essence. I'm not trying to, like, overly form it out. But, like, if I needed to, form it out so that I could get to my essence and really just continue to have that anchor for myself so that as I was navigating conversations, I could come back to myself and know yeah. what I was coming back to. And really ask myself, because I never used to do this, like, do you actually is this actually a person that you're like, that you like, or, cause yeah. like the first guy that I dated, um, it was in college. I was a very late bloomer on like all fronts and like, didn't even make out with somebody until I was 20. Damn. I know. What? Yeah. I mean, that's maybe another podcast, Girl. but, um, yeah, I mean, I, not that I didn't want to, but I just, I think I had a lot of other stuff. I, not, I think, I know I had a lot of other stuff going on and I was contemplating like life and death from being sick 
And yeah, when I would then upbringing than most of us. And then when I would like interact with people and they were talking, I mean, I could, I was just like, couldn't be on that level. And I wanted to sit under the stars and like have life conversations with people. And people were like, I just want to try for this beer bomb. Like, (laughs) and then so I would just numb out. So that's what I did. I just numbed out. Anyways, then I met this guy and I used to, when I would, I'm going on a tangent, but that's okay. (laughs) When I used to get, I mean, I was, I went to a big 10 school. I was a big drinker. And when we would get, when we go out and get drunk the majority of the time, I, at a certain point in the night would be like craving more depth. And so I would usually leave and find (laughs) people who seemed like they wanted to have more in-depth conversations, which meant that I usually ended up like behind the bar or with. We would have been friends. Um, but anyways, long story short, I would leave, and then eventually my friends would be like, where the fuck is Rachel? And they'd be scared because I'm yeah. little. I mean, I'm a fighter, but I yeah. mean, come on. And so then I, they'd get so, they'd be pissed at me. Oh, no. They'd be so mad. And then when we'd eventually come, I'd find them, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? And then I'd be like crying because I feel really bad because I've been drinking. Anyways, there's a big old mess. And... One of so we went to Miami for spring break and we'd all that had all happened and then I was like I want I think I wanted to like go on the roof of the <laughs> hotel we were on and just like look out over the city and like take it all in yeah. so I left and I started walking didn't tell anyone drunk ass goes on the roof my drunk ass goes <laughs> starts walking and then about halfway. I'm, like, noticing, like, there's so many people on the street and some people are staring at me. And not, and I was like, this is probably dumb. And my friends usually get mad at me. I should turn around and go back and tell somebody what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I turn around oh. and Nick, who is my my ex-boyfriend, is, like, several, I don't know, it was probably not several feet. Were you dating at the time? No. Okay. I had met him for the first time. So my best friend group, one of the girls, um... Her, all her high school friends all grew up in Indiana. That's where we went to school. And so they all went down on spring break with us. So it was gotcha. like they're her boyfriend's guy friends and then whatever. Okay. So Nick was one of the friends. And I turned around to go back and then I was just like, what the fuck? And so I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, and he was kind of like sheepish. And he's like, I saw you leaving. And then I was just like, oh my gosh, that no one, literally no one's ever done that before um and so then we just kept hanging out and but that was like the first person that had ever given me any sort of like that kind of attention so yeah it was the first person that ever had really given me that much attention because and we've talked about this but at indiana there was like the 10-step rule so it was like there's so many hot girls that if you see a hot girl, don't even lose any sweat about it. Just to walk another 10 steps and there will be another one. So it's just like they're a dime a dozen. And so it was very like, I go, we'd go out and people would just, like dudes would like come and talk to you. And then they literally were just talking to you so that they could talk to my friends. And I was just like, okay, I'm over this. That's the worst. So it's just like I, again, I was projecting an air of like self-defeat as well. So I acknowledge that. But, um... But he was, like, gave me attention. And so after that, like, the next guy that I dated, the next two guys that I dated, so I actually really was, like, 
I really liked him. And mm-hmm. we, it was good. Like, it was great. And then it wasn't great because yeah. we wanted very, very different things. Like, he wanted to live in Indiana, have a family, and stay there. And I was like, I want to live on my bike and <laughs> bike around the ocean. Like, literally. Yeah. And I don't care Sounds if that's not right. possible. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. And so, um, but the next two guys, that's when I was, like, really numbed out. It was totally just, like, I remember going to a house party and my friend was like, that guy's hot. And me thinking to myself, mm, he's okay. But then out of, like, wanting to feel good, I kind of yeah. just, like, started flirting with him. And then he was into me. And then we dated oh. for four years. <laughs> that sounds about right. There was actually the same guy that told me I had gold speckles in my eyes. Dated him, like, right out of a relationship, too. And... I feel like I just wanted that attention so yeah. much. So, like, we were just dating, and I remember, because he ended up breaking it off, actually, with me, because um, we had both, I think we were both single for, like, three weeks, and clearly both needed a rebound. Um, and he broke it off with me, and I was so upset, but not because I actually liked him. Like, even my friends were like, why? We were just, like, talking about him, and you didn't really yeah. like him that much. And I'm like, but the rejection... I want him to love me. <laughs> I don't want to love him, but he must love me. And, I mean, now I'm like, thank you for doing that, because, fuck, I probably would have dated that dude yeah. for six years. <laughs> well, and it's so funny. I actually uh, think back, and it's all good. Like, it's all, it all is great. I've learned so much mm-hmm. from all of it. But, like, I mean, I knew that first night that I wasn't really into him, and I just, yeah. like, kept forcing. Going with it. I kept just being like, Again, is I think is a combination of me at that point in my life not feeling like, oh, there will be somebody else. Like actually thinking like, oh, somebody likes you, you should actually hold on to this person. Mm-hmm. They're not that bad. Like, back to twenty twenty one. I'm calling. I'm calling bullshit on my self. What was I just doing? My like, I wasn't the pretty one. I wasn't the. That's bullshit. I've seen photos of myself. I was gorgeous. So. <laughs> Cut that, cut that legs off of that (laughs) dumb little thing that I used to just say all the time. No, I was quirky. I was awesome. I am. And gosh darn it, was I beautiful. Okay, we can continue now. Perfect. (laughs) Yes. But now, um, I think about this all the time. And I, I actually, like, am very grateful for Dylan because he has been you know, we have our things that we are working on and, um, how he's shown up for me, it might not work for everybody, but it's worked for me in being able to really value who I am and value my idiosyncrasies. Like he will say to me a lot of times, even if he's frustrated with who I am being, he'll be like, it doesn't matter if I'm frustrated with you right now. All I care about is that you are you, you just need to be yourself. And like, I'm going to deal with that how I need to, and you just need to not worry about that. You just need to do you. And I had never had had that invitation before. And because of that, I think I've gotten really comfortable with me and recognizing like, oh, this is me being immature. And that's uncomfortable to admit to myself that I'm being really fucking immature right now. But I'm being immature, and that sometimes happens. I can just, like, process through it a lot quicker instead of trying to pretend that I'm something else, and now I'm just putting a mask on it and avoiding it until it comes up in some weird manifested way, you know, one month later, and I 
can't even pinpoint where it came from. I'm just freaking out at somebody for no reason. And so because of that, I can actually see myself and I don't know. It's like I can coexist with people as my own entity and them as their own entity. And if I was going back into the dating world, I would be hell a hell of a lot more listening to what my inner guidance is saying. That would be number one the whole way through. I'd be like checking in with myself like, how do you feel? And if I was like, I'm not sure, I don't have the clarity, I have the tools now to be able to say like, okay, does it feel unsafe to where you don't want to be patient until you get your clarity? Or are you having enough fun that something could be there enough to keep going and seeing the clarity that you get? Because it does always change. Like even Dylan and I, like another thing I love is that we do talk about the fact that like we always say to each other, if we feel like we aren't, we don't want to be with one another, we're not going to string each other along. And, and so to be able to trust that I'm going to know when he's not my person anymore. And when I get to that point, I have the courage to be able to say, Hey, this isn't what I want anymore. And not because you're shitty, not because I'm shitty, but because my truth is that it's not, it's not us anymore. And that's different than how I used to operate. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's how I would do it dating too. Like I definitely have like some qualities that I think I would want. But honestly, you just, people are such a mashup of shit and yeah. beauty that you can't possibly know what is underneath. Yeah. I, I always had a hard time with that because I never wanted to be like the checklist girl. Right. Right. And like I'm not going to write out all these attributes that like this guy has to have to check it off because like that's not... I don't know. That's not what dating looks like to me. But then on the other side, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever asked myself much like a quality dude. Hopefully we want the same thing. And even those, like, I'm like, I don't know. And I think I've always been younger too. Like, I mean, my last relationship started when I was 24. Yeah. So I don't think you think about those things as much when you're in your younger 20s. And now it's like, it's going to be different. I'm like, well... Not that I need to find someone tomorrow by any means, but it's like, okay, like at some point... Probably should not spend another four years yeah. in a relationship that I don't think is going to... I mean, yeah. not that... And again, that's not to speak to that relationship because I thought it was going to go somewhere. But, you know, I don't want to end up in a relationship like even before my last boyfriend, my one that I carried from like college into adult life. It was a four-year relationship and like he was my best friend. I think that's the only reason why we stayed together so long. But like we were not... It was not our relationship. Like, we were actually pretty much just best friends. And I was like, I don't want to lose you as a friend. So let's just be in a relationship. But that is obviously stupid. Yeah. Um, my, my bigger question for you would be, what, why do you want to be in a relationship? What is, what is a relationship for you? And not that you have to answer it right mm-hmm. now. But um, instead of the qualities of the person, it's like mm-hmm. focusing on what do you want to get out of the entity. Yeah, like, who do you want to, why do you even want to be in a relationship? What does a relationship even mean to you? Because, yeah. like, again, when I first started dating Dylan, I was thir- I was 30, and he's seven years older than me. And so I was like, marriage, 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 marriage. Mm-hmm. And I had to really quickly be like, okay, it's very possible that this 23-year-old <laughs> hasn't started thinking about marriage yet. And 
not that I was thinking about marriage like that quickly, but I knew like there is an age disparity here. And he would ask me, what, what, why marriage? What is important to you about marriage? And throughout our entire relationship, I always come back to that question when I start to be like feeling this like urge of like, oh, I need my partner to be this and then I need my life to look like, look like this and all this stuff. And then I'm like, okay, what is, what, why do I need, what is, what does marriage mean to me? Why is it an important thing for me? Um, And if it's like, because it represents, you know, that I am a fully functioning and capable and lovable person. Okay, well, cool. Good to know. (laughs) Um, You know, now that gets me very outside of myself versus like, well, because I want to experience what it's like to be fully myself and have a witness see that. Mm-hmm. And and not, and I used to be like, see that and love me 100% through all of it. And like, but that's not real. Because when he isn't being his best self, sometimes I don't have, sometimes it doesn't feel true to me yeah. to like go be like, I love you all flaws. No, like. Actually, you're not warranted to act (laughs) that way. And so so then it's like, okay, I want to have a loving, I want to have a partnership because I want to have a loving witness who is actually true to themselves and allows me to be true to myself, which means that sometimes we're going to not be eye to eye. Um, I know that when I'm around other people, that forces a different type of introspection for me. It a lot, a different, different aspects of myself show up. Back to 2021. What's coming up for me is how much <laughs> I was talking about a relationship and what I would be getting. All that I get, all that I get, all that I get. And just only at the very end did I speak to what I might be giving. And it's, it's like a very interesting, the whole time I kept being like, at the whole time I was listening to myself, First of all, I was like, bottom line at Bilotti. <laughs> but then I was also like, wow, a relationship is about giving too. And like, I haven't spent a lot of time figuring out what I'm giving to a person. Um, I think I thought that I was, but it was coming from, like, it's weird because I was giving, I feel like I gave up a lot of myself in relationships. So that was my own doing, but it wasn't for another person. It was because I wanted to feel needed or that I was contributing. Like it wasn't this like unconditional understanding of who I wanted to be for another person. Um, so anyways, I'm just reflecting on that. Like, wow. That's yeah. Actually, you're it gave me think about my relationships too and yeah I want to sit on that one what okay. came up for me the list came up which is so funny because I created a list and not like a he needs to be over six feet tall and have blue eyes and not I mean which fine if you want that to be on your list cool but just like very much looking at anyone that I spend time with and saying like what what do I enjoy out of this like what lights me up, what makes me a better person, um, and using it as a tool because I mentioned I am a people pleaser and I am very much aware now that I do lose my inner voice in relationships, but that awareness, even in my most 
recent relationship has allowed me to course correct much better and not perfectly. It's not like I'm doing it amazingly every single time, but I've been able to recognize when I'm doing it and actually have a conversation around it with the person that I'm in partnership with and saying like, Hey, you know, here, here's what's going on with me. I want you to be aware of it. Like I'm working on this for myself. I'm doing this because I want to be the, the best version of myself. So that the list and that weren't exactly connected, but <laughs> I just no, think it's okay. funny that I'm like, yeah, okay, I have a list now. I actually really believe in it and know that it can change. Like my list can change and I add things to it and I can like consider taking things off of it if I don't feel like they connect, but it has helped me as someone who clearly on this podcast was like, I don't know how to vet another person. How do you vet people? It's like, okay, we'll make yourself a damn lesson girl and like start there. And I mean, don't make it a Holy gospel Bible that like can't change, but um, like give yourself something <laughs> to like put a stake in the ground and move forward. Right, what I just, yeah. What I just heard there, because I get overwhelmed by the idea of creating a list. I, I know I want one, because I think for exactly the reasons you were saying. Um, and what just came up for me was like, just put something on a page and experiment with it. Like, did that <laughs> did that do anything for you? Did you learn something more? I think it, it, it feels like the practice of, being in the practice of it is really, being in the practice and being in relationship with um, your desires and your needs and um, getting the, feedback in real time seemed like the important part. Now list allows you to be able to like have that. Um, yeah. I, I think I found in my list too, which is interesting, like in practice, when I was dating, there'd be people that would really cover like a lot of it, but maybe one might've been like a half halfway there, or there'd be like a few things that were missing. And by having the list, but being flexible to it, it gave me the space to ask, like, is this thing that is missing? Is it that important to me? Or is it like something like we've been talking about that I'm outsourcing and I want someone else to give me that I can actually do for myself? Or is this truly like a core value compatibility issue? And just having the list again, I get to decide in that moment what I think it is, but it, it got me curious and I don't, if, I think if I didn't have it, I wouldn't have even like recognized that those things might have been missing in the partnership. I would have just been, like I said, going along with the flow and just like showing up and being like, this guy's cool. He's nice. He's fun. He's got things I like. And rather than really being like, okay, what am I actually looking for here? And, and like you kind of had mentioned too, like outside of the list, like checking in with myself, checking in with my body, like seeing how I feel in the moment because I actually felt a lot of anxiety in, in like the latter half of my past relationship and like realizing that that was a even outside of the list like a signal that things were not in alignment and my body was telling me that and to get curious and to see what that means and where it's coming from. I love the call out too that the list might house things that I actually just want to cultivate within myself. Like, I love that. Like, oh shit, that's cool. 
Um, and I think that does actually tie back to what I was saying that I didn't fully articulate, but as I sat with that and what you were saying, it's like, I would have said that in all my relationships, I've been such a giver, but I think my, the intention behind it was still to get and, um, or to control or, or to give in a way that made sense to me. It wasn't a lot of like me showing up and allowing the other person to meet me or allowing the other person to tell me how they wanted to be given to. Um, it was just kind of like my world I'm realizing, even though my story would have been like, I'm doing this all alone. And so it's, it is, it's interesting to just like be sitting with with that. Um, yeah, it's just interesting to be sitting with that. You're getting, like I said, you're still getting to think I have no concrete ideas on that, but I'm like, I'm sure I do that. And you've shared this with me and something that I practice actually in my last relationship, which I applaud is like letting people show up as they are. And I think we even have some quotes somewhere that I dug up of like, don't, try to put me in a box like let me show you who I am and I've gone back to that a lot with the people that I have been dating like because I do I control I try to control it's a safety you know defense and like really trying to just be like okay stop controlling stop forcing things just let the person show up and if you don't like how they're showing up cool that is information and you get to use that information to either maybe ideally have a conversation depending on what it is about it, see if they want to show up and change or if that's like even possible for them. Cause it might just be, again, be like an incompatibility thing. And then you can make a decision because you're not the victim here and you're in choice. And like, I have never really done it that way in past relationships. It's, it was the finger pointing. It was the blame. It's like, this person is not doing this for me. This person isn't like, to be able to have that honest conversation and then also to know and to trust myself enough. Um, so I think I shared maybe a quote somewhere that I said a lot of times I don't have trust in relationships and I don't think it's really that other person is that I don't trust myself in relationships and because I self-abandon and because I do people please. And so getting to that point in this most recent relationship where I was like, no, I actually do trust myself. And I know at least in this moment <laughs> that I am not going to self-abandon and it, it like eases the, I don't know, it eases the tension too. And it just like makes it easier to walk away without vilifying the other person and to walk away and like really have like a kind, compassionate conversation of closing that relationship and being like, I want us both to be happy and I want us both to be our best selves. And I, there, there can be conversations that can help us do that together. But if both people aren't willing or it's really just not working, I can also walk away and really honor who you are before it gets to the point where I'm like, you know, screw you, you suck, you, you know, and like, there's obviously still like anger and hurt feelings always, right? I'm like, we're all human, I'm human. But I think this time I was able to check in with myself faster, trust myself faster and leave in a way that I didn't have as much resentment because I, I was taking care of myself. Yeah. The, the victim vibration is like a really, 
uh, cool is the only word that's coming up for me. Not, it's not, but it's like, yeah, it's like a good, like a, a thing that like, I can tell when I'm dropping into that and anything that comes after that, it's like, it's, is kind of just like stilted is jaded is, um, shrouded in the victim, which is like, I need you to win. And like, again, I'm, I'm being, I'm being blanketing here that, and I'm not really giving myself all that uh, enough credit for the growth that our, the relationship I was just in, like, it, it was a container for a lot of growth for me. And I did step up to the challenge and I did recognize the areas where I was playing a victim and, um, and practiced stepping past that or, or taking care of myself so that I could come from a grounded place of, of wholeness or ask myself, like, if I was feeling whole right now, how would I respond? And, um, and so I, I definitely want to, you know, pat myself on the back a little bit because especially towards the end, I think I really started to recognize that. And maybe that is why in the end, I recognize, I was also able to recognize that my truth was stable for me because I had been living in that space that wasn't from a victim place. And I was still getting the same answer from my inner wisdom that said, it's time to go. And so even though that was not the answer I wanted to hear, I knew that I was coming from like a grounded place. Um, and so it was, even though it was so fucking painful and hard and confusing, it also I, I, I was able to step forward because if I knew it was right and I knew it was coming from a grounded place. So yeah. it's um, different because like very short relationship, but the embodiment of it, very similar. Like when I, when I feel like I was able to have the conversation, put everything out on the table and see if the other person wanted to meet me there and realizing that they didn't and having that that inner wisdom of knowing it's time to go I had mentioned feeling a lot of anxiety because I didn't feel like there was alignment and again giving the space for the conversation um but when that wisdom did come and I also knew that I gave it kind of like the fair shot to have the conversation um and nothing had changed it was like I haven't had anxiety since then not at that level. It's just like this very calm weight being lifted. And that like when I feel like when you can get into that space in your body, when you're just like, no, like there, this isn't fear. This isn't me playing a victim. This isn't whatever. It's just this state of calm. This isn't my anxiety. And you still hear it. Like, I feel like for me, cause I'm trying, I'm trying to learn like, when do you stay? When do you go still? Like that's going to be, I'm sure an ongoing theme. And I think what I've learned so far is when I'm in that state of calm and the wisdom is still coming through that it's time to go or it's time to stay. But normally I feel like the go is the bigger action. <laughs> um, it's like, no, it's, it's done then. Like it, it, that's we're we're done. Yeah. Clear the clarity. I, I, that's yeah. I would use different words, but I would say that's mm -hmm. like when I knew I knew and the only way I knew was 
to be able to outside of the decision, figure out how to find like that, that calm. I mean, I say cultivating safety, like that ventral state. Um, and then from there, it was like the, I knew that I wasn't coming from a place of survival or, you know, anxiety or any of it. That stuff was still there because I'm a human, but I knew like I was able to, I had, I had the clarity. Um, I'm smiling over here because I feel like we asked so many times in this episode last year of like, how to know when it's time to stay or go. And I feel like we didn't really have an answer. And both of us just like, we know what it feels like when it's time to go in our bodies. Like we, we, I mean, and maybe that'll change, but I think it's pretty fucking cool. Well, even, I mean, even if like, we would have talked, you know, several months ago when I was like wrestling with like this truth and I was just like, oh my God, like I was still in a space of feeling like I needed a relationship in order to feel okay with myself. And so uh, to be sitting here today with so much like honor, like I'm honored that I get to spend time with myself and get to know myself. Like I've wanted a partner to do that forever. And like, yet I had never done that. Like, I was like, why can't you understand the nuances of me and like get to know the intricacies? But like, I hadn't done that. And I get to do that. Like I'm sitting here. My brother actually said, he's like, I just really hope that, you know, you're 38. Like, I don't want you to be like, freaking out because and I was like, I'm not like, I just, this is my life. And I get to spend time getting to know me. And like, if I, I have that sense of groundedness again, not to say that there aren't days where I like, you know, feel all the things, you know, for different reasons, but, um, I feel really grounded in the fact that like, I really am here to be with myself right now. And, and when it's time for that to shift, I will know, and I can trust it. And like, that's a cool, that keeps me from future tripping that keeps me from having to like plan all the scenarios. And it keeps me just like right here. Like I am here now I'm learning about self-compassion again, more sincerely. I'm, you know, on the step that I'm on so that when I get there, I will be present enough and grounded enough to make the decision that I'm ready to make then. And I don't, and until then, I don't need to worry about that. Otherwise I'm actually not grounded and connected and ventral and able to be on this step. I'm just delaying the inevitable. So. I am proud of us. I'm proud of us for our growth. And I feel like this is a really cool conversation to have around love and self-love and reflection and what it looks like to be okay on your own, specifically around a holiday that I think can be triggering for people. Um, this is also, there's more to this episode, but we're going to break it up because our original recording is almost two hours long. Um, but we wanted, <laughs> and we wanted to get this one out, um, for Valentine's day and then no, uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll probably just span these out. Um, but we'll continue this conversation and, and, um, let us know what you think about the rewind and kind of seeing the, the gaps and the differences of what a year can make. Cause I think it's been a cool conversation. So I hope other I people agree. do. I was really nervous this morning before I had. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what did I say a year ago? Gosh. <laughs> uh, but no. Nothing like a podcast to hold you accountable to everything you say. Fucking real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rachel. This is yeah. So yeah. Have a good night.
Okay, bye. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. Make sure you are signed up for our mailing list. You can do that at our website at the True North Collective org and that will keep you up to date on all of our upcoming events and everything related to the podcast we appreciate you all being here if you enjoyed this episode please consider sharing it with a friend family whoever you think might benefit from hearing the message we appreciate you all until next time